We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated. Over on Fan Nation, we got a hoops episode today, folks. We are taking uh, ever so small a break uh, from football and recruiting because there has been quite a bit of Oregon basketball news, both on the men and the women's side here in Eugene. We're going to be doing two separate episodes. This one, we're going to dive into Oregon men's basketball. So make sure you guys stay tuned for our latest analysis and insight on what's going on with Kelly Graves and the Oregon women's basketball team. To do that, I am joined by Graham Metzger. He's a reporter for us over at Ducks Digest. Did a lot of great stuff covering both the men and the women's teams for us last year. Graham, how we doing, man? Welcome back. Hey, I'm doing even better after that nice intro you just gave me. But no, doing good. Um, trying to take advantage of this Eugene sun before it goes away for who knows how long. But yeah, I'm excited to talk some hoops. Yeah, man, it was beautiful these past couple days. I really like how it starts off rainy and then it gets nice uh, throughout the rest of the day. So the the vibes were definitely hitting for us in Eugene. So I'm grateful for that. But yeah, dude, let's talk Dan Altman. Let's talk Ducks. We're getting some some movement in the transfer portal. No one has officially moved on to a new destination as far as I know of yet. But we got a couple of guys we're keeping our eye on here. So I know we have kind of some ideas that we wanted to to throw around here, but wanted to give you the floor and, and kind of just let you dive into this, what we're thinking about. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you said it a little bit earlier, you and I both, we saw plenty of uh, Oregon men's basketball games this year, and there was a lot to be, uh, a lot left to be desired, I think, from, uh, for a lot of Oregon fans, you know, for Altman himself and the players, um, you know, a 20 and 15 finish, that's not, that's not what's expected uh, as long as Altman has been in Eugene, uh, getting knocked out by Colorado, you know, Oregon wants to be considered in the top of the Pac-12 schools, UCLA's, the Arizona's, USC's. And uh, this year, there's no question, they were not in the top uh, section of Pac-12 basketball. You know, going to the NIT and, you know, losing to a solid Texas A&M team that did some stuff in the SEC uh, conference tournament. But it's just not good enough, you know. It's got for Oregon, the standards are much higher here. You got to be making the NCAA tournament. You got to be competing with those rivals at the top of the Pac-12. This season did leave a lot to be desired, mainly because Graham Oregon was competing and in some cases even knocking off those top teams 
in the Pac-12. And then, as we all know, things kind of wobbled off, dropped off. I don't know why I decided to use wobbled there. Just kind of sounded like it might be fitting. Uh, but things definitely died off a little bit with with you know some of these dips. It just felt like a you know a graph with with how inconsistent this team was, and they they lost some teams that quite frankly they should have beaten fairly easily. And the mark has been set pretty high here in Eugene. But fortunately, even though it was kind of an ugly season, I don't know exactly what the number was, but it was another season hitting that twenty win mark for Dana Altman. But he's not claiming any moral victories after what we saw on the court. Talked about how he wasn't chasing any guys out of the gym this year, kind of in in reference to the the effort and the work ethic, I think, is kind of what he was getting at there with, with, with that comment. But, you know, got to move on from, from last season and, and start building towards the future. And there's plenty of reason for excitement here in the 2022 season. So maybe we can talk about some of the additions that are expected to come in. Or maybe we can start with the departures since I think like I think those are pretty notable as well. Definitely, yeah. I'll leave a little extra time. I'll start with the departures first because I get so excited talking about the guys that are going to be coming in next season for Oregon. But real quick, we can go over uh, the departing players. Definitely uh, first on my list for the biggest hurt uh, leaving the Ducks is Frank the Tank, Frank Kepnong. Um, he'll, he'll be entering the transfer portal. Eric Williams as well. He is kind of like a hybrid player that Dana Altman loves to have on all of his teams, really. Um, really good at defense, you know, did a lot of bench stuff this year. He's going to be entering the transfer portal. Uh, he, I think, actually, he's going to the draft first, the NBA draft. And then, he's doing both, reportedly. Yeah. Either way, he's getting out of Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I kind of expected Eric Williams to be kind of like a, a Eugene Omarui type of guy this year for uh, – the Ducks, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was starting every game. He was leading the Ducks in scoring, you know, when uh, they had some of those early season struggles in kind of the early season tournaments. And by the end of the season, he was always coming off the bench, you know, still was able to make an impact, had some big shots, especially against Oregon State. But Eric Williams definitely did not reach the potential I had for him this year, and he'll be moving on. And also, last but not least, we got Isaac Johnson moving on. Uh he was definitely, I think, a weird story. You know, he was coming off that mission trip that he was on for a few years, you know, so he was removed from basketball for a while. But before that, I mean, top prospect, super tall, but just didn't really get his chance. And I'd be, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with uh, Isaac Johnson in the future because, yeah, we didn't see a lot, but there's got to be a reason he was a five-star uh, recruit at one point. Yeah, so let's. I'm going to give some of my thoughts on some of those guys. Starting off with Frank, he's someone I always loved watching. I think everybody can uh, can share that same opinion, just the energy that he had and the enthusiasm that he played with. But as far as just on the court, I think he was someone that was still was and still is very raw as a talent because he had those moments where he just provided that spark that Oregon really felt like they needed, whether it be a huge block or or a dunk. Um, you know, he was always, you could always see him yelling on the floor and, and kind of being that Draymond Green type of energizer for a team. But as far as on the defensive end, I think he, he was constantly caught in the air, jumping at just about everything for looking for that block, which is something that you hone in on. You want to see a college player hone in on once he gets to the this level. And he seemed like he was a little bit limited as far as his offensive arsenal when it came to that regard which is why I think Infali Dante was the one that more often than not was rolled out as the starter. So 
as far as the starting lineup, I don't think that's too much of a concern for me as with, with his departure specifically, but certainly for that bench, I think that's going to be a hit for the ducks. They still have Nathan Biddle. So I'm sure the Oregon fans and, and Dana Altman are hoping that they can see him take that next step and kind of step into his own as, as a player, another former five-star guy, I believe. So it's not like the cupboards bared by any bear by any means for Oregon, but Eric Williams too. I think he was kind of streaky. I felt like there were times when I honestly didn't really want him shooting the ball just because I feel Definitely. like it wasn't, it wasn't the, the best shooter, but you could tell that he was a really good athlete and he, he kind of carved out his role and I think did what he needed to do. But in those closer games when they really needed like something from him and, and maybe he was a little off that night, I think we we kind of saw some of the shortcomings that he had as a player. So Frank's departure, don't like to see it, but I think that it's something that we're going to be able to, to figure out uh, rather easily. And then as far as Isaac Johnson, his brother's actually on the BYU roster. So I think that he's they're probably going to be the presumed favorite to land him. I think he released some top schools that had BYU and Utah with him being a Utah native, but we're still waiting to see what's officially going to happen there. So just an update I thought worth throwing out there. Definitely. Um yeah, going going back to what you said about Eric Williams, I definitely felt like even when he was coming off the bench, you know, his kind of his shot choices, maybe they didn't adapt to that new role. I felt like he was still kind of shooting it whenever the ball came into his hand sometimes and it would work out all right sometimes, but most of the time it was it was more frustrating. No doubt. And well, he was fun to watch too because he was a lefty. Kind of a random note, but it did feel like it we did see a ton of lefties on this year's team, the 2021-2022 Oregon Ducks. Another guy that we should probably mention, Graham, is is Jacob Young, who came in from Rutgers. Uh, I believe he was the younger brother of, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, what Joe was his Young? first name? Joe Young. Oh my God. Thank you. But yeah, I believe he was the younger brother of Joe Young, so we got to see some of that that Duck legacy play out. He, he also had some – he had his moments, a couple games where he kind of took over, but it really felt like that was kind of what Oregon was lacking this year, just that guy who could take over on a consistent basis or you could at least turn to when you were really in need of a big play. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more down the line here in this pod. But Jacob Young, fun to watch him. Kind of thought he left a little bit to be desired. I'm, I'm not saying he didn't leave it all out there, but – I think Oregon fans might have been a little bit spoiled with, with Joe Young and some of the just uber-athletic guards that have come through Eugene, and, and maybe that wasn't so much uh, his calling card uh, when it came to last last year's product. Definitely, and one thing I would say about Jacob Young, first of all, great, great performance in that first round of the Pac-12 tournament against Oregon State. If, uh, if he doesn't put in that really strong performance, almost a triple-double, like Oregon might not even make it out of the first round against three win Oregon state. So first of all, let's, I, I mean, he carried us to what you, what it could have been much worse, basically this off season uh, without that strong performance. And he's been electric for sure all year. You know, that's one of his strengths uh, really pick up the ball from one end of the court and take it down to the other in seconds. But I really feel like that his style of play, you know, he's a slasher for sure. He's not someone that's a spot up shooter. You know, he's not trying to get to his mid range shot. He's trying to get to the basket. I feel like his style of play didn't mesh as well, maybe with Will Richardson and Harmon. Both those guys can shoot um, more, especially Harmon from that mid range, you know, Will from three. But 
a lot of those guys, you know, I felt like a lot of times the Oregon offense, it was drive that doesn't work, kick it out. Then the next guy drives and on and on. So Jacob Young, I think maybe just the, the players he was around, maybe the system just didn't get enough time to get his feet solidified there, but still very, very exciting, electrifying and super fun to watch. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. You could probably say that about quite a few players on this Oregon roster as, as far as just getting into the system and, and gelling. I know that it looked like they were playing a lot of ISO throughout the season, and when they didn't get off to a good start in the game, it was they were just needing somebody to get things going, and, and then the communication maybe wasn't there. So if they didn't get off to a good start, this team kind of dug itself into a hole pretty quickly. But now we look towards next season, Graham, and – it's an interesting case for Oregon because not only do they have to find guys to bring in for next year, some of those we're going to talk about, they've already got some some solid additions, but Dana Altman's also tasked with kind of reestablishing that culture and, and reinforcing the standard because clearly that was not met last year. And that's something that the entire team has to live up to, not just a select few guys. So he alluded in that Texas A&M presser how important it is for the Ducks to have a strong summer, something that they didn't have last year. And another interesting side note was the limits that he felt he kind of had to battle against because the NCAA, I'm not sure if it's the Pac-12, but I believe the NCAA has a limit on on hours that, that guys are able to, to work out, whether that be with coaches or collectively as a team. So that's another hurdle that frankly just feels unnecessary. But now we got some guys that are coming in from the JUCO, and the high school ranks that are definitely going to give this Ducks team a boost and hopefully raise their floor heading into next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, one point that you you touched on uh, about people, you know, getting used to the system with Dane Altman in modern day college sports, especially, you know, college basketball now, the transfer portal is so prevalent that every season is going to be a battle like that from the summer, you know, get your new guys in, whether they're, 
fresh faced recruits, you know, just coming out of high school where they were the man, or, you know, they're coming from a year removed from that, you know, they thought they were the man, you know, now they got to try their second school, maybe third, but you know, it's always going to be a struggle every, every season, every off season now to get guys to buy in, to get guys to commit, get guys to learn the offense and defense. Um, and I think, like you said, Altman's really got to hone in this summer, make sure that culture is still there. I think it's still definitely strong. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be super exciting to see these new guys coming in. And I'm excited to start talking about those guys because they're so fun to watch. Well, let's do it, man. One of the one of the smaller pieces of news that's a little bit fresher here that we learned on Thursday was that Davion Harmon's going to be coming back for one more season. So we'll see if, if he serves as that kind of building block, the centerpiece of the team. I'm not sure if based on what we saw this last year, that that role is necessarily fit for him. I'm not saying he can't live up to that role, but maybe once we see the other guys get to campus and see how they start to gel, maybe there there's not, a center building block per se of this team, but getting him back is certainly going to be a big help, especially after Chris Crutchfield left to become the head coach at Omaha. So that's a, a former connection with both of those guys. Uh, I believe being at Oklahoma, I know that for a fact that Davion was, but I believe Crutchfield's most recent stop before he got to Oregon was Oklahoma. So he comes back, he's a great shooter. And I think he finishes at the rim really well, especially out in transition. So He's a guy that, that really likes to run and get out in space. Another common trait of, of these Dana Altman teams. But how about these prep guys, Graham? I think those are the ones that people are really excited about. Definitely. Hey, me too. And Harmon, definitely, I feel like he will be great to come back to this team, especially with the guys that are coming in. And the first one that I want to talk about that can really help out Harmon's game, probably the uh, face of this Oregon recruiting class is Dior Johnson. Uh, you know, he actually has been having a little bit of a tough uh, season this year. He was demoted from a five-star to a four-star. Uh, he didn't make the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, he's at his 10th high school now, which obviously is concerning. And everything that I say, I feel like I have to kind of say it with a little bit of a asterisk because he still isn't here yet. You know, I'm, I have told plenty of people, I won't believe Dior is coming to the team till I see him in the jersey, till I see him at practice, till I see him in the games. But when, if, and when he comes to Eugene, he will be seriously a problem. He, his game is so, so hard to guard. The way he dribbles is really, really unique. He keeps it low, a lot of hesitations going on. And I feel like one thing that, that really elevates Dior is his dribble just go, flows so well into whatever he's trying to do. And the defender never knows what he's trying to do, whether it's a pass he loves to pass the ball. He's great at distributing, which would be great for Harmon. I think Dior is twice the passer and uh, space finder that Will Richardson is. Um, so he'll be able to find space for Harmon to maybe get some more mid-range shots going uh, off the catch and shoot instead of just find, having a dribble and slash like we were talking about a little bit ago. Um, but Dior has had a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he was dubbed the best 15-year-old player in the world. LeBron was like at his on his sideline, like making crazy faces, you know. So it's a lot of pressure to live up for sure to Dior, for Dior. But I think when he makes it to Eugene, he will take the Pac-12 by storm seriously. No doubt, man. Well, I you can you still hear me? Okay, I've been having some internet issues. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll keep rolling along here. We might need to chop it up. So bear with us. 
uh, my screen is just showing up completely frozen, which is concerning, <laughs> but <Phew. laughs> uh, it looks like we're still going. Um, so we'll just keep talking, hopefully. Um, but just to kind of give my thoughts on Dior real quick, uh, I think having a versatile guard, someone that's just good at a lot of different things is going to only help this Oregon offense and getting them just to, to operate a little bit more smoothly, help that chemistry uh, and space the floor a little bit better because I think that was an area for growth after this last year. So Dior Johnson, I'm, I'm right there with you. One of the highest rated guys to come to Oregon. And with that comes the, the threat, I guess, of a pro career. So that's something we'll have to keep an eye out for Graham, but no doubt he's going to be a, a, a absolute game changer once he gets to Oregon to play. You just cut out a little bit at the end there, but um, it says we're still going, so I'll keep talking. I think uh, – oh, you're back now. All right. Um, yeah, I think that one thing that's really kind of underrated about Dior and a lot of these guys coming in, uh, these recruits that we're going to talk about, is they have that dog mentality. I mean, these guys are seriously mean on the court. Dior, I mean, he will trash talk it. I've seen videos of him, like, putting the ball on the floor after he scores on his teammates in practice. Um, I really like this, this really mean energy that these recruits are going to bring into Eugene and I'm ready to play some tough basketball up here in Eugene up at, uh, Matthew Knight arena. Welcome back to the Ducks dish podcast. Uh, still battling a little bit of technical issues, but we're going to try to make it sound as smooth as we can. Uh, we are wrapping up talking about some of the new additions heading to Oregon and Graham Kalel where is, is up there with Dior right there with Dior for the hype that he's generating. Uh, and I think just having a seven footer that can do a little bit of everything really effective in the pick and roll game, absolute rim protector. It's only going to help uh, make up for the the possible or impending rather departure of Frank Kepnong. Yeah. Kalel, I think his hype is even passing Dior at this point, you know, McDonald's all American. He's at the Nike hoop summit up at Portland. His build is perfect for college basketball. Stick him right in the starting lineup. I say, and uh, him and Dior are going to be alley-oops all night long. Yeah, he's out here uh, in the Portland area. So coming all the way across the country from Arkansas, going to be going to be cool to see him get adjusted to Eugene and, and just how well he can play at the college level. Uh, two other guys that we want to talk about here as we wind down, Graham, we got Tyrone Williams and Brennan Rigsby coming out to Eugene from the JUCO ranks. And I think one of the things that stands out the most to me about their game is the shooting that they can help provide because that's something that Oregon kind of lacked last year when uh, Will Richardson got into some shooting slumps and then the Ducks really needed that. And uh, it was kind of an area that they fell short in. Yeah. Even when Will Richardson was shooting the ball well, he's had, he had a solid three point percentage shooting percentage for the year. He was never that spot up shooter because he had the ball so much and there wasn't that spot up shooter last year. Well, Brennan Rigsby is that spot up shooter. He's six, three, but he gets on the rim. He can throw it through the legs and dunk. He was doing that back at high school. Um, yeah, Rigsby will be a really, really nice addition to this Oregon offense, and it's it's addressing a need that they really it's it's really addressing something that they didn't have, which I think stands out a little bit from the rest of the recruits. Adding that slasher value is is something that just brings a little bit more flair to the game, and I think everyone loves seeing. Uh, didn't totally have that on last year's roster. There were definitely guys that could dunk, but I don't think they were kind of those theatrics, those really those oohs and ahs kind of dunks. So more athletes coming to Oregon, more proven players coming to Oregon, which is always going to be good for Dana Altman and the Ducks. But 
that's kind of going to do it for us here on this episode, a little bit of a shorter episode on the Ducks Dish podcast, but we wanted to break down what's to come for the Oregon men's basketball team and kind of how we feel about these impending transfers. Still waiting to see the official decision of Will Richardson, but you guys make sure to stay tuned to DucksDigest.com for the latest coverage there. Graham, before we get out of here, where can people find more of you, Guy? Make sure to follow me on Twitter. I got my handle right right there. Uh, yeah, I'm posting all my stuff. I do some broadcast work, do a little radio work, a little play-by-play hopefully in the future. So, yeah, all my stuff going down to my Twitter right there. <laughs> right on. Well, you guys make sure you tap in with Graham. He's, he's legit, and we love having him here at Ducks Digest. If you want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at mtorussports. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And you can also find the Ducks Dish podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a host of other podcasting platforms. We really appreciate you guys wherever you're tuning in. Thank you for being with us and taking some time out of your day to talk Ducks. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Take care.